Welcome to Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. On today's episode, join Elizabeth and Charlie as they talk all things picture books. From classic favorites to upcoming titles they're interested in, they explore all the things they love about this genre. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to this episode of Stacks and Stories. Uh, We are glad to be here. My name is Charlie. I'm usually one of the people that does the recording and editing. You may notice my voice from the little introductions. Try to use my NPR voice. But today I'm here with Elizabeth. It's me. I'm Elizabeth Scott. I'm a reference librarian here. Oh, and I'm uh, Charlie Simpkins. I do our special collections coordinating. And we are talking about picture books. That's something that we both love and enjoy. Uh, What is it? about picture books that attracts you to them? I think it's just, uh, so first, I grew up in libraries. My mom was a librarian. She was a children's librarian for a long time. So she would always bring things home. But what I've grown to love as an adult is really the way that the art and the words go together. So I love the stories, but I love the way that the art tells the story too. Yes. So let's see if you have a hot take on this. Does a picture book have to have words to tell the story? No. So not only is it okay to have books that are picture books with no words, it's also cool to have uh, picture books that are don't have any pictures or books for kids that don't have any pictures, even young kids, because like B.J. Novak a couple of years ago had a really popular one called The Book with No Pictures. Yeah. And it was it was amazing the the way that they showed the the words on the page and stretched them out, made them different colors was really, really cool and a lot of fun. But yes, definitely Picture books, no words, some of my favorites. Matt Pet, I think, has some really cute ones, like The Boy with the Bicycle. And what's his name that did Flotsam? David Wisner? Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Mr. Waffles? Yes. Um, There was another one Kelly really, my wife, really loved called, I think it's called Yeah, No, or Yes, No. And it's about someone walking up, like one kid walking up to another game kid that's playing basketball. And the whole conversation is just yes and no. So there are some words in it. Right. But it might be a question mark. It might be a period or an exclamation mark. And her mom's like, that doesn't count as reading. Like it, So we met the author at uh, the Children's Book Festival in Hattiesburg a couple of years ago and got a signed copy. And he, she shared that story. And so whenever he was signing the book for her, he said, Kelly was right, this is a book. So <laughs> it, it is because the, the pictures tell a story, like I was saying earlier. And so it really, that's how kids use their imagination and how they use that cognitive thought to put together the story just with pictures. And actually it's fun to hear kids tell their version of, of stories yeah because even before they read they'll start doing that they'll have a book that their parents read to them and so they'll read quotation Mm. marks the the story to themselves and it's just them commenting on the pictures and what they might remember from their parents reading it to them it's yeah picture books are so great it's all a process it is and it is so 
uh, we were going to start with talking about an older book that we appreciate. What older picture book would you like to start with? So I picked Doña Flor. It's really hard for me because there are so many classics that I like, but Doña Flor is a tall tale about a giant woman with a great big heart. It's by Pat Mora, and it's illustrated by Raul Colon, and it came out in 2005. So this one is about, it's a tall tale, and so it's a little over the top, um, and it's about this woman who, when she was growing up, her mom used to sing to the flowers to make them grow faster. Well, and Doña Flor, she grew faster too. So she's she grew up to the clouds, and you know she um, she gives kids rides to school on her back. And there's this illustration where there's like ten kids just she's taking them all to school because they're late. Um, and she takes care of everyone in her little pueblo and um then one day all the villagers get worried because they can hear this giant mountain lion and they're sure that it's going to eat them all and doña flor says oh don't worry i'm gonna take care of you and she goes and she finds the mountain lion who can i spoil this book from 18 years ago yeah so the mountain lion turns out to be a very small mountain lion and it's just using an empty uh, log, a tree log to uh, make its voice sound louder. And so she comes up and gives it scritches and brings him home with her. All the animals sleep with her. That sounds so adorable. It's so sweet. And Raul Colon is one of my favorite artists he um so he uses a lot of rich colors and uses watercolors at first but then he uses colored pencils and then like something he calls a scratcher and it just makes little etchings into the illustration so it it gives it sort of an old-timey feel where you can see the little etchings on it, but all the rich watercolors come to the top. So it gives, all of his illustrations have this really unique, old-timey, just gorgeous feel to them that I like. That sounds like it's just like one added layer to something that would already be beautiful. Right. It's more of a labor of love. Right. So I, I really like this one. And Pat Mora is the one who started Children's Day Book Day, Eldia, okay. yeah. which is really popular in library world. So. And she is not the actor from The Karate Kid, she which is not. I've already asked about before we started recording. So It was good to get that down because yeah. Pat Morita and Pat Mora sound very similar. Yeah. Not great with names, so I was very I was Same. proud that it was that close. It was very close. <laughs> My older book that I really admire, I'm going to talk about. First, I just want to talk about the author. Uh, his name's Adam Rex. He does illustration and he also writes books. Uh, some of the stuff that he's done in the past, one was really co- uh, popular that he illustrated called The Legend of Rock, Paper, Scissors. Um, he's also wrote the book School's First Day of School. 
Oh, I know that one. Uh, illustrated by Christian Robinson. From, yes. So yeah, I love Christian Robinson. And then he also illustrated a three book series by Neil Gaiman called like the Chew books. C H U Chew's Day, Chew's First Day of School, and Chew's Day at the Beach. It's about a baby panda. Also, he has done artwork for Magic: The Gathering cards. And Ooh. he did artwork for Dungeons and Dragons. I think it was specifically the 3E version of the Monsters Manual. Okay. So he has a very wide range of stuff that he's done. It always interests me to see when there are author illustrators, they do both, mm -hmm. what they choose to write and what they choose to illustrate and then what they choose to do just yeah. by themselves. So, yeah, like on this one, the uh, book I'm going to talk about, on the cover, it just says his name. So I thought he was the author illustrator. And everywhere I looked only refers to him as the author. Um, but when I looked the title up on Amazon, there is an illustrator mentioned. So I don't know if he illustrated it, but he's only listed as the, it's only says by Adam Rex on the cover. Maybe he, the other person was the, like the cover design or the, what do they call them? The people who, well, maybe that's the cover design. Maybe he was the colored cover designer. Maybe. I don't remember. I didn't write the name down because I only found it one place. But the title is a little long if you look it up on the cover. It's called Frankenstein Makes a Sandwich and other stories you're sure to like because they're all about monsters and some of them are also about food. You like food, don't you? Well, all right then. It came out in 2006 and it is short poems about all these famous monsters done with a very silly take. The title poem, Frankenstein Makes a Sandwich, tells the story of Frankenstein being hungry at his house. He wants to make something to eat. There's nothing in the kitchen. So he has the bright idea to go to all of his neighbors and see if they have any food they'll let him borrow. All of the neighbors are scared of him. Each time he goes, they chase him away with either a pitchfork or a torch. And then they start throwing weird items like old tomatoes, moldy bread. There's a pig that is thrown at him. And then a thought occurs to him, hey, this is all food items. So he gathers it all up, tells everybody, thanks y'all, thank y'all a bunch goes to the house and makes a really nasty sandwich to eat that he enjoys. So it's a very weird take. Each poem is done in a different style. There's another one called The Creature from the Black Lagoon Doesn't Wait an Hour Before Swimming. And you get this picture of a little small, probably second or third grade creature from the Black Lagoon running from his house. You see the mother creature uh, standing in the doorway yelling in the poem is what she's saying like hey don't you gotta wait an hour you've had all these nasty things like a jellyfish sandwich and whatnot and he doesn't hear her, so he doesn't listen and he jumps in the water gets a cramp and sinks oh no so so is this one of those books that bad things actually happen to people kind of like edward gorey not necessarily. Well, it depends on what your idea of bad is. Does he die? It doesn't say. It's open for interpretation. I don't know how deep the water is. He may have been able to crawl out. The mom could have come and gotten him. She could have. This Listen, sounds really, really cute. The artwork, 
might not be for everybody. I enjoyed it, but it is very, to me, reminiscent of Mad Magazine style artwork. Less chaotic, but the overall aesthetic of the people and the animals and the creatures in it are Mad Magazine style. So how many how many of these poems are in one book? Um, this one, there are probably like 20 poems. So 20 pages, 20 but, illustrations? It's, or? I think, closer to 32 to 40 pages. Some of them are multiple page oh, okay. spreads. Some of them are just on one page. So it's kind of hard to gauge. Another cool little element, since it's about food, um, the table of contents looks like a fancy restaurant menu. And the page number is like the price for that item. Oh, that's cute. And the best element to me on it was there was one that they just skipped the price and says uh, market value. <laughs> I was like, that, that's the little details like this. I also love a picture book that bothers to have a table of contents. Yeah. It makes my day. I feel like this one is geared towards, it's, it's for older kids, but mm-hmm. it's very much one that adults will like also. Um, there is a uh, parody of the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde story mm-hmm. where Dr. Jekyll's wanting to go to a party, but he knows he's not the most entertaining person. He thinks he's like too uh, business oriented. So he wants to go make a potion to make him into Mr. Hyde, which is the party animal. He looks kind of like a werewolf. He's like, oh, yeah, he dances, entertains everybody. So I'll do that. But all the ingredients are mix ups. Like he thinks he's getting this one potion element but it's really milk that the maid left out he think and all this other stuff so he ends up getting turned into mr henderson <laughs> and they describe him as a person who lacked the personality of plaid which i love that type of description of someone and he goes to the party and is the biggest dud there and everybody tries to run and the door is locked because he wants to talk to them all <laughs> And so the part of how, this is the personality of it. I actually typed this out because so, I wanted to share it. Um, this is what Mr. Henderson reads when everybody, everybody realizes that they're locked into the room with him. You know, the sight of all of you people trying to get away has made me mindful of a funny yarn I read the other day. And when I mention yarn, you know, I really mean to say I read a story, not a yarn in any woolly sort of way, although I think we all agree that a yarn is thrilling, eh? I'd listen to a yarn about some yarn most any day. Alas, that's not the funny yarn I'm trying to convey. That's not the funny yarn I'm trying to convey. This tale is funny, strange, not funny, haha, by the way. Oh, bless his heart. <laughs> so, yeah, very dry. Miss, Mr. Henderson. Mr. Henderson. So, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, Mr. Henderson. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, there is a sequel about uh, Frankenstein takes the cake, and it's about him wanting to get married. So, that came out like two years later. Those sound amazing. I I know exactly who I'm going to recommend those to. Awesome. Awesome. So next we are going to talk about a more current book since these are, what, how long was, 2006 was how many years ago now? Uh, It's been a long time. Time is irrelevant. We're looking for more recent books now. Time is, what do the kids like to say nowadays? I don't know. Time is a construct? Time is a construct. Yeah. So what is the more recent book you would like to... So the more recent book that I would like to share is by um, April Genevieve Tuholke, and it's illustrated by Koa Lay. This book is called Beatrice Likes the Dark. Dark, dark. Um, And there's a lot of repetition. It came out 
about this time last year, 2022, because it's now 2023. There are two sisters. There's Beatrice and there's Rue. And Beatrice likes the dark, dark, dark. And Rue likes the light, light, light. And um, Beatrice likes spiders, spider, spiders, and um, other sort of goth sort of things. And Rue likes um, balloons in the color purple and more bright sort of things. But they both like like fairy tale sorts of um, things. Rue is a little bit afraid of the dark. And so even though they're so different and like such different things, they still love each other. And so Beatrice shows Rue how to make a Rue potion with like um, rain collected from the last rainfall and a penny that she found next to a tombstone and things like that. And so they put it on and she isn't afraid of the dark anymore because she trusts her sister. And then the next morning Rue gets up and she's had a wonderful sleep and she takes Beatrice outside and they go play outside. And I think she um, she teaches her a song. And um, even though Beatrice doesn't really like being outside and in the daylight where it's all bright she she enjoys um, spending time with her sister and um, it's just it's very very sweet and the repetition gives it a little bit of oomph I actually I got it through interlibrary loan and um, I wanted to read it again before we talked about it and there is a recording of April Genevieve to Hulke reading it herself and she reminds me of Luna Lovegood you have got got to look this up she's wearing like these big black rimmed glasses and she kind of whispers the whole thing in this scatty sort of way it it's amazing um so in Koale uh I just wanted to make a little comment on her and her artwork it is all the colors are so vibrant she she's a digital artist but she makes um her own fabrics for the 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 people in her stories mm-hmm. um with like wool and watercolor and that sort of thing and they're just they're so detailed and she has really exploded i'm seeing her everywhere now yeah so um i need to find some more of her picture books that's awesome again like the the work that will go into picture books into the artwork is so intense for some of them it's just amazing and I think it's a really good way to expose kids to art, yeah. to different styles of art. You know, some picture books are very simple and they have very simplistic art and some of them are very detailed and that gives kids a, a nice variety. Like yeah. there's no right answer. You can look at all this great art and all these different styles that you can make yeah. or enjoy. That's what, that's what I did like about like, just the artwork 
but also like with the text, like with that first book I talked about, Frankenstein mm-hmm. Makes a Sandwich, was every poem was in a different style. So the kids could see ways to possibly try to make their own poems in the style, different rhyming patterns, different meters and everything. So um, with the artwork, they learned different techniques and they may discover their own techniques trying to recreate what they've seen. So. Awesome. Uh, Tell me about your newish book. My newish book is pretty popular. Um, the author is Doug Salati, I believe is how his name is said. This is his third book, but it is his first author-illustrator work. Um, his first book, uh, he worked with Tommy DePaulo for In a Small Kingdom. I don't know that one, but I love Tommy DePaulo. That's what like that's a big hitter. Like if. When I was looking at some of the stuff that the people I'm mentioning were doing, I'm like, I know this name. That's a big name. Like, right. These are, and then the second one uh, he did was a book called Lawrence in the Fall by Matthew Farina, and it was a Ezra Jack Keats Honor Award winner. I. It was about a fox, right? Yes. 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 And this one is called Hot Dog. Came out in two, uh, 2022. I read Hot Dog. It is. I love this story. Um, it is the 2023 Caldecott Medal winner, and it is the Ezra Jack Keats Illustrator winner for this year. And I got to meet him at the Children's Book Festival, so that was always fun. That's, I missed this last year, and I was so sad about it. There were so many cool people there. You know, a lot of the times whenever you go to get a work signed by the author, and especially at like bigger events, they don't have time to like personalize it. It's just a quick scribble, and then you're all. He had, I was one of the first people in line, and he actually took the time to do a personalized sketch of the, the dog in the story for me. So I loved it. They are always so nice there. Yes. I, I have, they have personalized things. They have done little tiny drawings for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they always seem happy to take a picture with you. So yeah. I've got a picture of me with like Holly Black and Derek Barnes. And yeah. it's just amazing it's an amazing if anybody listening has an opportunity to go it's at uh, the university of southern mississippi in hattiesburg every april every april it's a phenomenal event but hot dog is about a dachshund pup that lives in a busy city and he gets up with his uh lady that owner and gets to go run the errands do you mean his human friend his human friend i was gonna say mom but not everybody likes the idea of that but that's how uh, i have a son at the house he's a 10 year old dog but whatever um so the human friend and the puppy are going around running errands he's also a dachshund but he's a puppy it's concrete it's hot it looks like it's the middle of summer everyone's running around so he's dodging feet he is too hot to even sniff the ground she decide like he she ties him up outside so she can run in the post office he escapes and like this is too much and goes in and she's like okay she sees that he's upset they're trying to walk across the street he just lays down and starts to refuse to move so she picks him up gets a taxi and then on the taxi she's like i know what to do you get on the taxi then they go take the taxi to the train they take the train and get on a ferry which when i was trying to figure out how to describe this book i had i forgot the word ferry <laughs> and so i had to google boat big city 
short trip island and i found something in one of the descriptions as ferry i was like that's what the boat is called yeah so <laughs> they get sometimes on, you forget things yeah words are hard but they get on the ferry they go to the small island it has like a little community there um on one of the pictures you see like the grassy lands and it look like a deer in the background and they approach the beach she takes him off the leash so he can run around like a pup he starts collecting all these stones and uh while she's laying sunning uh and making stuff out of those stones he's bringing her she he goes or she the puppy goes over and uh sees a sea lion and it looks like it kind of like nips at it and the sea lion chases him away he's all excited he gets in the water it's so cute and then they realize it's time to go home they as they go get back the tone has changed in the city it's getting darker cooler less busy they start to enjoy it he or the pup has all these scents that are familiar they go home they eat dinner as they go to bed he or the pup is looking towards the windowsill and sees the rocks that they collected and in the very last scene it is the pup dreaming with a like wrapped around a little stone and above it is the pup underwater swimming with sea lions and it is just the most beautiful artwork and just like so sweet and if anybody knows anything about me is i love dogs you do so you do love dogs that was a way to my heart in the first place i i read this one when it won i went to lemuria and um and read it and it really upset me that it took her as long as it did to figure out how uncomfortable her poor puppy was yeah like, I may have been a little bit mad at the human person in the book. The pup did not, and I agree, but the pup did not <laughs> seem to be as upset. It saved the woman's hat when it went to fly away. I like, don't, I, I have blocked that part out. The, that dog, his little, his little foot pads yeah. were being burned on the hot concrete. And she needed to realize that much sooner than she did. Yes. I think the only thing that would have set this over the top for me, but it would have taken away from the story, if, if the dog had had those little shoes that they wear. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I really wanted that to happen, but... He needed some shoes. Yeah. Maybe we should write Doug Salati mm-hmm. and, and say, in the future, we think that your dog should be armed with tiny dog shoes. Yeah. So that they won't burn their feet. Yeah, and there needs to be a little explanation saying we had to give them lots of treats for them to wear these shoes because essentially that's what I would have to do to get mine to wear them. But then they got used to it because they didn't want to get their feet burnt. He didn't. He (laughs) kicked them off after he (laughs) ran away, and he he was high-stepping for a few minutes. That's one of my joys is watching dogs try on shoes for the first time. (laughs) So, um, But we also both wanted to close out with an upcoming book that we're looking forward to. Uh, What book are you looking forward to? So I am looking forward to to two. Um, I I like to look for books where I recognize the author or the illustrator. I think a lot of us do that. Um, So one that's coming out next year that I'm looking forward to is called Fiesta, um, a Festival of Colors. It's by Duncan Tonatiu. He's written uh, quite a few that I've read recently. Um, 
and I, I really like his style. It's a mixed tech sort of style. Um, he wrote one called The Princess and the Warrior, I think, yeah. that was based on the legend of the mountains uh, near Mexico City. And it was really, really neat. Um, and so this one looks a little bit simpler because it's a color book, but his artwork is really, really neat. And it's a very distinctive style. And then another one that I'm looking forward to is called Simone. And it's by Viet Thanh Nguyen and illustrated by Minnie Fan. And it's about a little girl and her mom, and they have to evacuate because there's a fire. And then her mom tells her a story about um, when she had to evacuate when she was young because of a storm. And there's something in there, you know, I haven't read it yet because it isn't out yet, but there's something in it about the little girl getting together with some of the other kids and um, drawing and using art as a way to process things, um, which seems really, really interesting because that's what a lot of kids do. Um, But Viet Tan Nguyen, he wrote The Refugees, um, and then he's had a couple more come out, but he wrote a really cute book with his son and T. Pui and her daughter called like Chickens of the Sea about chicken pirates and yeah. highly recommend so i can't i can't wait to see what this one's like nice. so what it what what you got over there so mine is actually a sequel um the first one was written by and i don't know if a lot of people will know who this is jonathan graziano um sounds most, so familiar most people may recognize jonathan from noodles the pug and the bones or no bones day noodles became a viral sensation in like 2021 2022 um how's noodles doing noodles passed away at the end of 2022 he was 14 years old which is pretty substantial for a pug that's pretty good yeah and so um in 2022, before that happened, they had written uh, Noodles in the No Bones Day telling about the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan got Noodles when he was seven years old. And at first, he was very energetic. Uh, they would like to go on walks. They liked to play fetch, loved belly rubs and snacks. Then one day, he Noodles would not get out of bed. And he was like, you want to go for a walk? Noodles didn't say anything. You want to go play fetch? Noodles didn't say anything. Um, it's amazing that noodles stop talking yeah like well well, then he's like well do you just want to stay in and noodles did an achoo which basically is a yes for pugs apparently and so that became a self-care day they cuddled they had snacks and belly rubs and so every day after that he would go to pick them up and if noodles stood up it's a bones day it's time to get out there and get stuff done if noodles immediately fell back over like he had no bones it's a no bones day and it's all about self-care which i like the idea it's all about balance you got to recognize whenever you need a day to do you to kind of rejuvenate i mean fair but if i were to judge myself of whether or not i fell back in bed 
Yeah. After I stood up, I I would always fall back in bed. You gotta have the gusto of a noodle, though. I I don't. Uh, I well, don't think I have the gusto of a noodle. And noodles was so cute. He, the artwork in this is uh, like digitally rendered, I think, mm-hmm. but it's very uh, adorable comic book style, like very very pretty. Um, he has a new one coming out in November of 2023 called Noodle Conquers Comfy Mountain. And it's a no-bones day, but his favorite blanket is being washed. He's out of snacks, and but he needs to keep an eye on Jonathan. And he wants to get on Comfy Mountain, which is the back of the couch. And he's trying to do that, and he can't do it without help from Jonathan, who finally comes over there and helps him. I haven't read this. This is from descriptions. Right, right. Um, but uh, Jonathan helps him, and Noodles realizes that it's okay to ask for help sometimes. It's for, it's a good thing. And so, you know, there's a good moral to the story. It's beautiful artwork, and it ha- it centers around a pretty dog. So all my boxes are ticked. Pugs. Pugs are pretty? It's a dog. I find all dogs okay. pretty cute. Okay, I got you. So, I'm, I'm back in the game. They're like little fuzzy potatoes with a squishy face. You know, we called our kitten Havoc a potato for like the first several months he was around because he looked like a little fuzzy potato. I call Walden a turkey leg for some reason. I don't know why, but like when he's just laying around, I'm like, he just like a little turkey leg. He looks nothing like a turkey leg. But I think now he probably thinks he looks like a turkey leg if he knows what that is. I, I bet he knows what a turkey leg and he prob- is, and he probably agrees with you. He can spell P-O-T-T-Y, though. If I, if you spell it now, he's like, what, what? And starts walking to the door. You need to you need to mix that up. Yeah. Y-T-T-O-P. Wait, what? <laughs> Y-T-T-O-P. <laughs> oh, okay, yes. It's, it's late on a Friday. I, yeah. I got you. I got you. I'm Took sorry, Charlie. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. So... We hope you enjoyed listening to us talk about some of our favorite and upcoming possible favorite picture books. And we hope that y'all check them out and explore the picture books that are out there. Picture books are amazing. Um, You don't have to be a child to enjoy them or, and you don't have a, have to have a child uh, in your life um, in in order to share them with other people who will enjoy them. Nope. Sometimes I will get, I'll talk to my wife into reading me and Walden bedtime stories. So we also get picture books that way. So I'm going to send you the <laughs> April Genevieve to Hulk egg link because that was, it, it's amazing. Yeah. Bye awesome. y'all. Bye. Thank you for listening to Stacks and Stories the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. We hope you will tune in next time, and we encourage you to visit your local public library often.